Good morning, church. Happy 4th of July. It's good to have you all in the house today. Uh, Dusty said this in the first gathering, but didn't say it in the second, that Tommy's joke is always on a holiday. Welcome to all the people who don't have a boat. (laughs) So just still the pastor's joke there. Welcome. Um, so glad that you're in the house. And guys, if we have not had the privilege yet of meeting, my name is Danny Hardy, and I'm the communications pastor here. And I am pumped about today's message and super also excited that I get to preach like through a movie because that's awesome. And I decided today that I would bring like some girl power on the scene because we've had a lot of movies that have like men as the lead heroes and stars. And so today we have Wonder Woman. Yes. My daughter encouraged me to dress like her today. I said that the the headpiece might be a little much for church. So that was a real conversation. That was a real conversation. She's five. She thought it was a great idea. Um, So I want to set the scene for you before we watch our first movie clip about Wonder Woman. Okay. Wonder Woman, her character's name is Diana Prince. And Diana lives on this beautiful like fantasy island right where the amazons live the amazon women like that was a real thing (laughs) it's amazing so she lives on this island that is protected a protected land for the amazon women and they are warriors on this island and what's happening in the world around them is world war one And they have no clue that that's what's happening. Now, they know that evil exists, and they are warriors who are always ready for battle. And they are preparing, and they're always training and going. But they're unaware that World War I is happening. But Diana knows that something is up. Just in her spirit, she knows. As a little girl, she knows that she's built for war. She knows that she's built to be a warrior. And she begs her mom to allow her to be trained. And we're going to take a look at Diana's training, which begins when she's a little girl and she fights for her place as a warrior. Let's take a look. I need some of those. (laughs) Bam! I mean, right? She's amazing. And like in the beginning of the clip, when she's a little girl, we see her, especially then, being trained. And she's being knocked down over and over again, and she has to keep choosing to get back up. One thing we don't see her doing is complaining about the spears being thrown at her or complaining about being knocked down because that'd be a terrible movie. And it's also called Parenthood. (laughs) So we don't see her complaining about the process that she's in because she trusts that that process has a purpose. She trusts that with every fall down that she's learning how to get back up and that that's necessary for what she's learning how to do, and that's to be a warrior. She trusts that she's being prepared for something greater than that singular moment. She trusts in the process, and she's becoming the warrior that she is destined to be and that really she believes she was all along. And as I was watching this movie, I thought about the scripture from Hebrews 12, verse 11, which says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. 
that discipline does something in us as we are trained by it, and it has a reward that is a harvest of reward, righteousness, and peace. And in this context, discipline isn't merely about punishment. Discipline is about training. It is about molding. It's about acquiring discipline, right, for our lives, a discipline that leads us towards deeper faith. In the movie, we saw Diana enduring discipline. It was preparing her for battle. It was preparing her to bring good into the world because Diana, she's a warrior, but she's a romantic because she believes that good exists in the world and that the world should have good in it. And so can it be for us. Now, are there times where we are disciplined by God because of sin in our lives? Absolutely. But are there also times where we are disciplined as a means of training to acquire deeper faith? Absolutely. And that's the kind of discipline we're talking about today. So I want us to consider a few people from the Bible. Consider David, okay? God allowed David to face a lion and barely escape because God was preparing David to, to defeat a giant named Goliath. He was preparing him for something, okay? God allowed Daniel to be kidnapped from his home in Jerusalem and placed in proximity to the king of Babylon so that when God miraculously rescues David from a lion's den, that then that good news of God's glory is spread throughout the entire kingdom. There was a bigger picture, a bigger plan. And consider Jesus. God allowed Jesus to be tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And that solidified obedience in him that was necessary for him to endure the suffering of the cross. The moment where we see Jesus and he says, Lord, will you take this cup from me? But Father, not my will, but yours. That obedience wasn't birthed in that moment. That obedience started a long time before that. So, even though God didn't cause all of those circumstances, he used those circumstances for his glory, and as scripture tells us, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I want to say to you today that if you feel like you're fighting for your faith, or you feel like you're fighting in your faith, and you feel like all you're doing is just taking blows and you're fighting all of the time, I want to tell you, that that doesn't necessarily mean you are under attack from the enemy. It could mean that the God who knows what lies ahead of you is preparing you today for tomorrow. Because he is a God who prepares us. He could be molding you for what lies ahead because you cannot use a weapon in a future battle that you have not learned how to wield in the present. We are being trained today for what lies ahead tomorrow. And that training might be painful, but the scripture says that from it, from that discipline, there will be a harvest of righteousness and peace as you learn to use those weapons for your journey. And I want to pull out a comment that was made in the movie. Diana is told, you are stronger than you believe. You have greater power than you know. And I want to say that to you today. For those of us in this room watching online who are in Christ Jesus, 
We have the Holy Spirit, which is a greater power than we can really understand. We, have, we are stronger than we really believe because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Though we are being molded, and that, that discipline might be painful, it is for a purpose. And we are, being, we are being molded for perseverance and determination to learn how to get back up when we are knocked down. You only learn how to stand back up after you've been knocked down. If you're already standing, there's no need to learn how to stand. So sometimes we're knocked down to learn how to get back up and the fight for our faith. Something else that Diana is told, she's told, never let your guard down. You expect the battle to be fair. The battle will never be fair. Our battle is more than fair because we've already been given the victory in Christ Jesus, amen. We've already been given that victory, but sometimes in our humanity, we equate fair with easy. Our battle will not be easy. It will not be easy. It will require you to have grit and tenacity and perseverance and a determination to keep getting up when you have been continually knocked down, and that's going to require you to know how to use the weapons that you have already been given. And as I was studying this, I can't help but focus on and think about Ephesians 6. And we're going to start today in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, hello, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's why the battle's not easy, because there's a real enemy that exists. It will never be easy, and it will require for you to put on your armor daily, that armor we're going to talk about in just a second, and that armor will not only strengthen you, that armor will defend you, but it's your job to put it on. We're going to pick up in verse 13. It says, therefore, so because all of that evil exists, therefore, Put on the full armor of God so that, there's a purpose in it, right? So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. I love that it says that twice because this is like the real, real, like real talk of you need to stand up. And after you've done everything, which means you might get knocked down a whole lot more times to stand, that you might keep getting knocked down, but you keep standing up. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition, because there's more, because that's just who God is, he gives us more. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. That's that moment in the movie where she says, never let your guard down. God says, be alert. 
and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We have access to all of this. We have access to every single weapon that we would ever need to fight back the darkness. But the question is, are you using them? Are you using them? We have truth. We have righteousness. We have readiness. We have peace. We have faith. We have salvation. We have the sword, which is the word of God. We not only have protective, like defensive weapons, this is our offensive weapon. Are you using it? Because if you never learn how to use it, and you never get into battle to actually use it, then how can we anticipate or expect victory to really exist in our everyday lives? Diana was trained to use the armor that she had been given. She didn't practice with like a mock-up of a sword and then go into battle with the real thing. She practiced with the real thing. So she would be ready. So she was trained with the armor. And she has been given an opportunity to battle against the enemy. So let's see how she responds. Yes! I was going to reenact all of that for y'all, like the pew, pew, so good. Man, I can just get amped every time I see it. So good. The thing I love at the beginning of this is that we see that Diana has a choice. She has a choice to stay in the trenches like everybody else or take no man's land and fight. And when she decides to fight, oh, I hope you saw this. There's that moment where she turns around and she puts on her helmet. We have a helmet too. It's called the helmet of salvation. Because before she walked into no man's land, she wanted to be sure she knew who she was. Before you walk into battle, it's essential that you know who you are. It is essential that you know that you are a child of God. So are you? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior who has redeemed you from your sins? Because there's darkness in the world that exists, and step one to fighting back that darkness is having Jesus at the center of your life and wearing him as the helmet of salvation over everything that you do. You don't want to walk into battle without him. Helmet of salvation has to come first. So she puts on that headpiece and then she like shakes off that cloak. And y'all, she's already wearing all of the armor. She's already wearing it because it's who she is. And that cloak was like covering it up. Covering up her real identity. Making her more acceptable to culture. Okay? Making her more acceptable. Because she couldn't be Wonder Woman around everybody. But then she was like, mm -mm, enough of that. I'm shaking this off. And I'm going to step up into the warrior that I already know that I am. The warrior that I am destined to be. And she was dressed in that armor because it's who she was. And then she takes that ladder and she goes into no man's land. And she goes first. Everybody else stays in the trenches. And she goes first, and she was willing to go alone. But if you noticed, 
as soon as she began to take fire. And as soon as that fire didn't take her out, and she began to gain ground, it was her determination, it was her courage, it was her perseverance, and then it was her success that gave other people the courage to come up out of the trenches and get into the battle too. Somebody has to go first. Will it be you? Will you go first in your family to have hard conversations? Will you go first and work to carry Jesus wherever you go and to be the mouthpiece for him in your workplace? Will you go first in school to be different than everybody else? To be willing to be who you are no matter where you are? Will you go first? Because somebody always has to. But the thing that we have that she didn't have is we don't have to go alone. Because before us, he goes. He goes before us, and then we get to have the courage to go right behind him. We may have to go first, but we never go alone. And I believe that there are people in this room today, watching online today, who have been faced with an opportunity where you can put your faith into real action, but you've gotten comfortable in the trenches. Because that's where everybody else is. And you've chosen to stay there instead of putting on your armor that God has already given you for you to head out into battle to fight back sin and darkness and division and hypocrisy, that we can fight all of those things back, bearing the armor that he has given us. But you can only do that if you're willing to go first. In Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 15, it talks about the things that we have to put on, put on. But then in verse 16, it says something different. We have all of the armor, and then it says, in addition to all this, take up, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Extinguish, destroy the flaming arrows of the evil one. I want to show you a picture from the movie. And this is an image where she has what's protecting her, her shield. She is taking on fire from so many directions, and all she can do is put up her shield. Have you been there before? Where fire is coming from so many places that you can no longer just knock them off, that all you can do is take up your shield. And the shield that we have is the shield of faith. And that shield of faith can fight for you and defend you in ways that you can't even understand and ways that you will never fully see. And your only responsibility is to take it up and to stand behind it. And I'm reminded of Exodus 14, 14, where the scripture says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. In that image... Diana is not fighting. She is being defended. God is fighting for you. And there are times when the arrows are coming that all you have to do is put up your shield of faith. Because that shield of faith has greater power than you could ever understand. 
and will fight for you in ways that you could never fully know. But it requires that you rely on faith and you trust in God more than you trust in yourself and more than you rely on yourself. See, we have choices in our life of faith. Do we stay in the trenches where we've been for a while and we know pretty well? Or do we storm the battlegrounds believing that there is something worth fighting for? We are being prepared to fight. We are being prepared by the Lord to fight in prayer, to fight by making disciples, to fight by holding back darkness so that our friends can experience the love and the goodness of a kind and gracious God. There's something worth fighting for, and that something in all of its strength and all of its boldness and all of its armor-bearing is actually love. That is the thing worth fighting for. In Matthew 22, the scripture tells us that Jesus replied, and he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. After we have been molded by God, the method by which we battle is really about love. Accepting from the Lord that we are loved so that we can turn around and give him love right back. And accepting the fact that we are loved so that we can also then go and love our neighbors and hold back darkness for our families and our friends and even strangers, because somebody has to go first. It's really about love. And in the movie, at the very end, Diana says, only love can truly save the world. And I agree with her, because I believe what 1 John 4 says, that God is love and that he's already saved the world through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But it's up to us whether or not we accept that that is real and that that love is for us. And then once we've accepted it, that we accept the fact that we have then been commissioned, as it talks about in Matthew 28, that we have been commissioned, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are being prepared for battle, but we have to take the battleground and believe that the thing worth fighting for is love, the love of the Father in our lives and the love of the Father in the lives of everyone that we meet because that's what he has not only commanded us to do, but that he has commissioned us to do. He has commissioned you to go into no man's land, to go with the armor that he has given you, to go with this sword, the word of God, and to get into the battle and hold back the darkness and fight for the salvation of souls because he loves you and he loves them. So where are you in the superhero story? Are you in the trenches 
and it's time to get on the battleground. Are you unsure of who you are and it's time to put that helmet of salvation on and know that you are a child of God, saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins? And then you go forward and you battle in his name and not yours. Where are you in the superhero story? Because we have been commanded to love and commissioned to go. So how will you respond?